Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, Rachel here. I want to thank everybody um, for sending your thoughts and prayers um, for last week. Um, obviously, there was no podcast episode and there was a reason for that. Um, it was because of medical issues that I am currently having. I am better. Um, I'm not fully 100%, but I'm good enough to be able to do the podcast going forward for now. Um, and guys, if if anything ever changes, um, you guys will be the first ones to know, but the best way to find out about these changes is to subscribe to our newsletter, our VIP section newsletter, because that is where I let all of our email subscribers know. Uh, They are the first ones to know before I even let anybody on social media uh, find out. That is where I go. So um, it is sent out twice a week, um, obviously on Thursdays for the podcast episode, but that also will be changing where we will be doing the podcast two times a week uh, starting in September. So guys, definitely uh, check that out. You will be the first ones to be notified. Also, you are the first ones to listen to the podcast um, because podcast comes out right at 7 a.m. on um for you know on platforms but i don't post on social media till later so you guys are the first, first ones to find out so um because i send out that at the same time that i upload the episode so definitely check out the uh newsletter and subscribe to that um it is racewaveunfiltered.beehive.com forward slash subscribe and uh, you guys can definitely check that out and keep yourselves updated on anything that we've got coming up our guest today she's a wonderful woman um she is um definitely very bubbly and full of life. Um, and she is a dirt racer, you know, so she's, uh, she's racing, um, sprint cards, micro sprint sprints and midgets, whatever she can get her hands on. And she's also currently a part of a, um, an amazing team that is trying to become the very first female, like all female dirt team so um so yeah without further ado here's our next guest hey guys welcome back to race wife unfiltered i am your host rachel thornhill and today we have a a special guest with us she is an 18 year old micro sprint and midget racer from mooresville north carolina um she got her start at millbridge speedway and she currently races part-time with abacus racing and their women's development team so welcome lacy ferno to the show hi lacy hi how are you good how are you i'm doing good i um yeah i haven't really done a lot today i was more of like a workout kind of day so i haven't had too much to do thankfully <laughs> so yeah, <it's> pretty <laughs> long day. that's good um i mean at least you weren't too busy i'm glad you were able to take time out of your schedule to you know be on the podcast yeah yeah of course i, I love doing podcasts I think they're super fun so 
No, I'm, I'm glad. And also, I mean, it gives you a chance to really like, you know, let people know who you are and share your story and everything. So obviously you, you know, you've been racing since 2018. So, mm-hmm. I mean, now what got you into racing? Like, did you grow up around racing? Like, you know, your family being around it or did, was this just something that just sparked your interest? Yeah, so I um I got into racing. I've always kind of been into it. My um dad, he used to race um asphalt super late models and ATT tour and he's from Vermont and so it was that all whole American Canadian deal. And he moved down here in the nineties and he started working at different race shops and he's done pretty much everything. He was he's been on pit crew, car chief, crew chief, just every single thing and I always thought that was really cool. Like, I remember when I was little and they, like, asked you, like, at school, like, oh, like, what do your parents do? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, they're like, oh, like a doctor. Oh, this, that. And I was like, y'all are boring. We might not work so hard. Y'all are boring. <laughs> but, yeah, I always thought that was super cool. I wanted to kind of do that. But I was kind of, I was kind of dumb to all of it, to be honest. I didn't understand how it worked. Like, I knew he raced a super late model. But, I mean, five-year-old me didn't really know what that was. So, right. I just figured it was, like, a cup car. I was like, oh, he raced cup. Like, woo. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so I always kind of wanted to do it, but I had no idea how to, like, get into it. And I actually didn't get into it until about 10 years later when I was 14. And I got more into dirt racing because um, Kyle Larson was racing with my dad's team at the time. And I thought that was – I thought he was the coolest person ever. And I wanted to be kind of like him in some way. And I knew he started an outlaw cart, so that's kind of what pushed me in the outlaw cart route. And, um, yeah, he – he raced outlaw cars, so I started an intermediate outlaw car in the July of 2018. And yeah, ever since then, I've been racing dirt. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Um, and, and the fact that you said Kyle Larson, like, that makes total sense. Like, mm-hmm. he he's just one of those people that can kind of just do anything. Like, he can jump mm-hmm. into any car and make it work. And that's, like, yeah. just to be able to, like, just to aspire to be like him. I mean, you know... It, is obviously like a really great feat that anybody mm-hmm. would want to do. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that like that, that's a really great role model that you chose, you know, when it comes to like somebody that you look up to that's in the dirt world. Um, cause I mean, if, if you, if you like strive to be like Kyle, you're going to be like one of the best drivers ever. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely really good. I always, when I was little, I used to, like, well, not really little. I was, like, 14. But, like, I always thought he was just so good. And, like, he, like, because I always thought it was cool. Like, I was, like, Tony Stewart, too. And I was, like, this guy was, like, he's kind of like Tony Stewart. So, that was really cool. And, I, I don't know, he's just a really cool driver. And I want to be like him in some way. Yeah. Oh, and Tony Stewart's another one, too. Like, they're kind of, honestly, like, Tony and Kyle are kind of, like, almost on that same level like they both can pretty much jump into anything and make it work i mean like tony's doing nhra now right and it's like that's and he's like dominating over there and he just started doing it so yeah Yeah. it's kind of the same situation but Mm -hmm. so obviously with you doing dirt um and your dad coming from like asphalt you know so was that was that weird to him that you didn't want to go to asphalt route? Yeah, I don't. Not the biggest dirt fan. Um, he hates when there's dirt anywhere, so dirt racing doesn't really fit that mold. Um, <laughs> like our we have like a white garage floor and stuff, and like we had micro. We um 
that floor was never white. It was always red. Because in North Carolina, you got the red clay. So everything right. stained with orange and gross. And, like, yeah, it just drove him insane. Like, he just – I think he's warming up to it. And then I, as the older I get, the more interested I get in asphalt racing, which is making him happy. I'm not going to admit it to him because I don't want him to be right. But uh, I'm getting more interested into it. And, um, yeah, I like both kinds. So I think he's happy I like both. And I'm not just, like, third only. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's funny um yeah like you mentioned the garage floor yeah so mm-hmm. my husband races dirt he races a dirt crate late model mm-hmm. so yeah no um the floor oh, yeah. i don't even know what the floor looked like before because oh, it, yeah because yeah, the dirt has completely like ruined it so i don't even mm-hmm. remember what color it was it was probably white or close to it but now no not even close <laughs> so i yeah. understand where your dad's coming from when it comes to that but yeah, yeah no so that that's awesome that you know you're kind of wanting to be versatile and possibly do both um so obviously with you racing with um abacus you know a women's development team so like how did you come across that opportunity so um kind of funny i dm'd him on instagram and i said like what did i say i was like hey my name's lacy because i remember about so i emailed him in december last year so like march of 2022 um their son hit the team owner's son adam he, he runs like all their social media and stuff he um he commented on my instagrams and it was like girl driver w i don't know something like that and i was like oh follow back because I was like oh little midget team like I love like I always wanted to race midget and I just it's kind of hard to get into midget racing like not really hard but you just need to you need to be, have like talent and you have to have the money for it so mm-hmm. I was like I was trying to take any opportunity I could and I was like this might be something one day so I followed back on TikTok and then I ran two races last year with Mount and I absolutely loved it I loved the midget I was like I liked it more than the micro but um yeah I loved I loved the midgets and I knew I wanted to do it and I kind of knew I was getting older and I can't really race now locally forever. So I was like, well, I kind of need to kind of figure this out. So mm-hmm. um, I really worked hard and started talking to more people and like sponsors and stuff like that. And I was trying to find a good team to run with. I was talking to a few different ones. And then I don't know, just one day I was sitting, there's a place called Field of Greens down here. And I was sitting at Field of Greens with two of my friends. And I was like, I'm just going to DM on Instagram. What's the worst you're going to say? <laughs> and yeah. I DM'd him. I was like, hey, my name's Lacey, blah, blah, blah. If y'all need a driver, let me know. Hit a girl up. <laughs> no, it's not about that. But, um, yeah, and then they were like, oh, this is the team owner's name, phone number. Um, we'll text me. We'll schedule a call, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, after that, it went super fast because that was in December. And we, me and him talked for, like, two hours that day about, well, about racing with him and, like, what it would need and this and that. And mm-hmm. also just – we kind of got going on some random stuff and I think he realized how much I like want to do it and all kinds of stuff. And he can tell I talk fast. So like he can tell I'm excited. So, uh, yeah, so I w- we talked about that and then he called me back about, I think I texted him here and there for about two weeks. And I think it was two weeks after, I don't know, but like, I don't know, two weeks later, he, um, called me. It was like, would you be interested in doing like a women's development team? I was like, Oh yeah. Like, mm. <laughs> like, well, that's not even a question. Like I'm, I'm interested, but, um, yeah, wait, so we did that, and then we called again, and then he was like, all right, blah, 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 like, we're going to work on this, and I was like, let's go, it's going to be cool, and then I went to the Chili Bowl, and then we announced everything, and then, yeah, I've raced with two races since then, 
I haven't been the luckiest right now because I was supposed to do about six, but um, it's rained at four of them. So oh. we've only had two races this year. So, but they went pretty good, and I think this is going to be a really good year with them. And then seasons going forward. Yeah, um, and and that yeah, that's really the only bad thing about racing on you know racing period is weather. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and I totally understand that because we've had issues here too. Like that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why we haven't raced very much either. It's because of weather. I mean, oh yeah, it's like, gonna be sunny place. all week, but if it's gonna rain, it's gonna rain on Friday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, so I totally understand that. But so, yeah, so obviously this was something that they were just starting. So, like, they were just kind of hitting the ground running with it. And then you you just kind of were like, hey, um, I, I'm here. <laughs> like, just yeah. you just DM them and it's like, hey, I'm here. I can I can drive. So yeah. I, I think that's awesome, though, because, I mean, most people, whenever they say, like, they've joined the, a, a racing team, it's not that simple. Like it's, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, they're having to go through like some type of development program, mm-hmm. some, you know, crazy things to be able to get onto a team. And you were just like, Hey, I mean, if they tell me, no, no. <laughs> the fact that yeah. you just took that risk, it, you know, and they were like, yeah, let's talk. Like it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. Like I had, Going into like, I think it was like November, I was mm-hmm. like full panic freak out mode because I had like no confirmed sponsors for the year. I had, mm-hmm. I did my, I did, my family didn't want to keep doing the micro because it's, it's expensive and it's just kind of, it's really big here. And it's like, if you don't put the money in it, you're going to be good. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh God, I don't really have anything. This is not going good. <laughs> and I was kind of like freaking out. And then, I um I knew I had this I knew I had one that was like most likely gonna happen and I was like mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know and then about I was just like you know what? screw it I'm damning them and then yeah <laughs> I was like what's I'm, what's another no and then I was like oh my god right. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah yeah and and the fact that like you weren't afraid to take that mm-hmm. chance and be okay with them possibly telling you no i mean mm-hmm. that's the only thing that they can do is just tell you no like it's you know it's not it's not like a huge like problem i guess like we kind of like don't put ourselves out there sometimes because it's like yeah. we're so afraid of the no but it's like if you think about it if they tell you no like what's the worst thing that's gonna happen they just told you no that's it like there's no like real repercussions from it and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like sometimes we just make it seem like like it's going to be the end of the world or something you know if somebody (laughs) tells us no oh my god i can't get told no but yeah (laughs) right yeah i i I, and it's like i I feel like that's what keeps a lot of us from taking risks and it's like the Mm -hmm. fact that you were just like hey i'm gonna dm them on instagram and just see what happens Like, if they tell me no, okay. If they don't, it's like, but that's the thing. Like, what if? Like, you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have gotten the opportunity if you wouldn't have taken the chance. And now here you are. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And now you're, and now here you are, you know, you're a part of their, their, you know, women's development program. And so it's like, so for you, like, did you feel like that was just something like extremely important? Like the fact that they want like an all women's team like that by 2025. Yeah. That's, I think it's really cool. I think, especially like when it comes to like crew people, like car, like not car drivers, that, that were really weird. Um, like, <laughs> Toter home drivers, stuff like that, like girl board. I feel like sometimes in racing, 
there's not that many opportunities for like women. I'm not saying because they can't do it, but like it's kind of hard. Like it's just kind of hard to do it sometimes because mm-hmm. like it takes a lot of experience. And but I think it's hard to get that experience. It's kind of like with a job. Like they want you to have a lot of experience, but they don't want to give you the experience. So it's like it kinda, right. it's kind of hard to get there. But I think with Abacus, what they're doing is really cool because they are willing to give you the experience to be able to do it. And I think it'll help grow a lot of women in racing and help them get more opportunities down further down the road. And as well as like, we're going to racing because we don't want to work on a race team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like you mentioned, like there's so many more women that are trying to come into the sport, whether they're a driver or not, like a lot of them are trying to either get on pit crews or they're, you know, trying to be crew chiefs or they're trying to do, you know, whatever, whatever it, it takes. Cause mm-hmm. you just have so many women coming like in STEM that are wanting to do this type of stuff. And yeah, it's like, as long as they're given the opportunity, but that's the issue is where are those opportunities? It's like, not everybody's giving them. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's amazing. Just like how, like with NASCAR doing the, the diversity program uh, this year, they had more women that got the the men this year. Mm -hmm. Like I found that amazing because I was like, you know, normally it's the other way around. You have yeah. less women, but this year they have more women than men that got, you know, into the program. And so it's like, yeah, you know, like a lot more women are coming along into the sport. And yeah, I think that's amazing that what they're doing, that they want, you know, an all women ran team because you only have that um, you know, you you don't have very many. You only have, I believe, two in motorsports period yeah. right now and so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it and it's like you know you should have more than that um so yeah no i think i think that's awesome that you know they wanted you to be a part of that yeah, yeah i think it'd be cool especially like once it gets going and like mm-hmm. how we can like grow it and stuff because like i think that's a big thing like opportunities are hard to come by sometimes like it's just hard when you don't have experience like like if you have an engineering degree it's kind of Sometimes, like, teams probably wouldn't trust you as much as someone mm-hmm. has done it for 50 years. Like, I don't know. I might word this weird, but, like, I have, I have the right message. I just can't word it right. But, yeah, I think it'll be cool, especially when it gets going and it's, like, a whole a whole deal. And I think it'll give a lot of people opportunities that they might not have been able to get beforehand. And, yeah, it'll be really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. And, no, you didn't word it weird. Like, I totally understand that. It's like, yeah, because experience – is what most people want. Like Mm -hmm. they'll pick somebody that has 10 years of experience over somebody that just came out of school. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And so sometimes, yeah, it makes it harder for, uh, people that have just graduated, um, you know, in engineering or anything like that Mm -hmm. STEM related that when they're wanting to get into this field. Um, and so, yeah, for them to be able to, you know, give people that opportunity that might not have as much experience, but they have, you know, the education to back it up. Yeah. That, that's really, that's a really great thing because we need, we need more of those type of programs because you just don't have them. Um, but yeah. So, um, I do want to go into your organization rip in for a cure um that you started so tell us a little bit more about that like how how you started it and you know and why so I kind of came up with the idea just like randomly one day I'm a very impulse person like I'll like just think of something I'm doing that so 
I kind of came up with the idea randomly one day, and I was like, I don't really know how I'm going to do this, but it'd be kind of cool. But um, so kind of crazy. What got me, I always wanted to race. Like, I always knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't really know how. And then, too, like, my mom, she didn't really want me to do it. She didn't really want me. She didn't. She knew it was kind of dangerous, especially, like, with dirt stuff. And then, like, I don't think she wanted me around men 24-7 because sometimes they're annoying. But, um, yeah, so she just was a little nervous about me doing it. But, um, yeah, she didn't really want me to do it. And then my dad had a heart attack in 2017. And that kind of changed a lot of our, like, views on stuff. He's, he's good now. But, like, if that would not have happened, I don't think my mom would have let me do it. She wanted us to make memories together. So she's like, hopefully it's one of them things like she just wants to do for like a day and like gets over it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that didn't happen. So <laughs> yeah, um, I did that. That's what kind of, I kind of give that like the root reason, like how I did end up start racing because I don't think that would have happened. If that didn't happen, I don't know if I would be in this spot today, but mm-hmm. yeah, so I never wanted to somehow turn my racing back towards my dad, like kind of like as like a, I don't know the word for it, but like kind of like in honor of him mm-hmm. in a way. but um yeah so i came up with the idea for ripping for a cure and i thought that was the coolest sound thing in the world when i came up with it so i was like oh yeah ripping for a cure <laughs> but um yeah so i started ripping for a cure to help raise awareness for heart disease both like the racing community and just like the community around us and i am still working on it i have a lot of little, little tiny things i gotta do for it but mm-hmm. um, the more i like i'm trying to do everything up front and start posting with it more so I got my ambassadors and they're amazing. They all race all kinds of different stuff. So like there's sprint cars, um, midgets, um, micros, um, it's a lot of drivers mainly, but yeah, mm-hmm. they, um, they get after it and they represent, they represent me and they're doing very well. So I love them to death and yeah, it's a cool little thing I do. I try to make it bigger and I try to make it bigger. Sometimes I kind of, I like, I kind of mess it up and I'm like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I kind of mess it up. But, um, yeah, I think if I focus on it a lot more, it'll get a lot better and bigger. And I want to grow it to the point where it's kind of like, kind of like almost like the driven to save lives deal. Like everyone knows mm-hmm. what that is. Yeah. And I kind of want to grow it to that point, but it's kind of hard to get to that point. So I've been working on it and I think in the future it will be that point. I don't think it, I know it will be because I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool little deal I do and I love helping people and seeing how many people I have connected to, with just because of that because I didn't I was kind of like as weird as it sound that's kind of a universal thing with racing like they're like oh yeah my dad had a heart attack and it's like that's kind of yeah. a weird thing but a lot, a lot of them do yeah yeah um yeah heart like heart disease and all of that is like just a huge thing like just mm-hmm. period I mean there's so many people that you know you either know of somebody or they have had it themselves you know um mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel it's um, unfortunately it's a common interest because a lot of people know people that have had heart attacks or has some type of heart issues. Um, and so, yeah, but I mean, the fact that you're ra- raising awareness about it, um, you know, is very important because there's a lot of people that don't that don't take care of themselves i mean we're just being honest here like a lot of people that don't like they either avoid the doctor or they you know anything whenever they feel weird they might not realize that it's something heart related you know until it's too late so um yeah no um i think that's a great thing that you're doing and um and so like so do you do like like any like community events or is it just like you know on your website where people can donate 
So I've been kind of working towards that. I'm kind of in the weird spot where like I don't really know where I could do community stuff. So I've been kind of looking around. I remember when last year when I was a senior at my school, I did a whole little deal for little kids. Like I brought my micro to the school and they were more interested in the micro, but I think they pay attention to some <laughs> and they, I got to talk about heart disease and like all the fun ways they could like kind of stay heart healthy. And I was like, Hey, even like, even like racing, like it's a workout. Like mm-hmm. it'll, it'll tired. Like if you want to, you want like a kind of a crazy workout, but um, yeah, like I, that was pretty fun. And I really like doing it with like little kids. Cause like, it's easy to get their attention with a car. So like usually yeah. they'll, they'll pay attention. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, honestly, there's a lot of adults that are that way too. You can mm-hmm. get them, you can get atten- their attention with a car really yeah. quick. <laughs> well, especially if they got a wing on and they're like, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh yeah, look at that. So hard to see. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. So, I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, getting kids to really get, you know, get into their whole, whole thing about, you know, being healthy and their heart and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you want to start them young anyway, because then once they're adults, you know, they've already been kind of doing all of that. It becomes a habit. So you don't Mm -hmm. really have to like worry too much about it, but it's like with adults, if they're having to like unlearn, like everything that they were doing in the past and now just starting to like take care of themselves it's a lot you know it's a lot harder so yeah no like definitely um you know talking to kids it makes sense because it's like you want to start them really young with those habits because yeah as an adult it's hard to unlearn all of that and unfortunately a lot of adults don't they don't change their habits until they have like a major scare, like, mm-hmm. you know, a health scare where like they yeah. end up in the hospital over something or, you know, a doctor tells them, Hey, if you don't change your ways, you're going to be like in really serious condition in, yeah. in so many months. And it's like, you shouldn't have to be scared to like start taking care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're saying, yeah yeah so yeah no so i mean it's always good to like start with kids and so they just start doing it you know as just a normal routine thing um because I, I mean me as an adult i've had a scare myself mm-hmm. you know when it comes to like you know how i was taking care of myself because i really wasn't you know and so i totally get like how that can like change like and can turn your whole life around but mm-hmm. you don't want to wait that long. Right? Yeah. You don't yeah. want to wait till it's like, oh, the doctor's like, you need to change like right now, unless you want to end up in a hospital bed. Like, no, like you shouldn't have yeah. to do all that. But so, um, so obviously, like, how do you balance everything? Obviously, I'm ge- I mean, I'm guessing you're in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're in your racing and you obviously have, you know, ripping for a cure. You have all these things going on. So, like, how are you able to, like, do everything? That's a good question. Because sometimes <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think. I think like discipline is a big thing. Like if, I mean, I, I kind of have to wake up early, even though I hate it. Like if I wake up early, I can get more done. And I think a little bit of like, I'm very ADHD. So I think that also helps <laughs> in its own weird way. Cause I can be like, Oh, bing, 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 boom, boom, boom. like I don't have to like, be like, okay, boom, boom, boom. So that probably helps me and hurts me some time. But I try to make like a thing in my head. Like if I don't have a, a schedule or like I always say like especially with working out like if someone's not like riding my butt I will push it off to the last minute and I'm like oh my god like why did I do that so I kind of 
make myself ride my own butt, if that makes sense. So I'm like, <laughs> I got to do this. I gotta do this. I'll set like 20 reminders on my phone, like do this, do this, do this. So the more I'm like kind of mean to myself, the more I get done. <laughs> that makes sense. So I've, I've actually got a lot better with it. I've tried to, I've especially this year with the midget, because the midget is a lot more physically demanding than a micro, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I really focused on working out and like eating better. And I honestly think it's a big difference. Like, honestly, like, as bad as it sounds, I still don't really know what protein is, but uh, I realize if I eat more of it, I feel like a million times better. So I've gotten really big into like the, the Lonnie, like, coffees. Like, I feel mm-hmm. so good when I drink those. It might just be in my head, but like, I feel like those work really good. So I always like, if I got one of those, I'm ready to rip. Like I'm ready to take on the day. Yeah. Um, honestly, I mean, I, it might be both. It might be like, it, it makes you feel good too. <laughs> it, yeah. might, it could be your head as well, but yeah, no, like I'm kind of the same way. So I have ADHD and autism. So I totally understand what you mean about like the reminders and constantly almost like being mean to yourself. Because it's like, if you don't, it's like, you're, you're like never going to get anything done. I totally get that. And so, and honestly, like, so I, so I have both my, my youngest daughter has ADHD and my husband has ADHD. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally get it. Like it's the whole household here that it's an, it's crazy. It's like, if we don't set schedules or, or whatever, like, yeah, like, we'll never get anything done. Uh, it, it would be chaos here. So yeah, I totally get what you mean. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, once you, once you do that, like I, it, it gets a lot easier, especially once you've like, I think it's harder when it's stuff that's new, like mm-hmm. that you've never done and you're trying to make it a habit. Oh yeah, <laughs> It's like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause yeah, you're just not used to doing it. So it's like, you're constantly having to remind yourself, but it's like, after a while, once you've done it, like every single day, mm-hmm. it's like, you don't have to worry about it anymore. But yeah, starting new habits is my problem too. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. I've never done it before. And so it's like, man, like just fitting it into my schedule. I'm like, uh, like, mm-hmm. can I put it off? Like seeing the biggest thing with me is working out too. So I have that mm-hmm problem as well it's like you know i know i should but then it's mm-hmm. like i'm just like do i do it today like and then you don't realize it's like been five months and you haven't done it and then it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh i've put off work- working out that long and yeah <laughs> yeah so i totally understand because that's where i'm at right now again with working mm-hmm. out because it's like i'll get consistent for a little bit and then all of a sudden i don't know why but I'll just mm-hmm. fall off. And then it's like, then I'm like four or five months later. And I'm like, you know, I really should be working out. Like, cause then, but I, it's because I start seeing like people post videos of them working out. And I'm like, you know, I really should be doing that too. And then I'm like, you know, I wonder how long it's been. And I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh my God, it's been months. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I got to do something about that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. like it is so bad. Like I'll like, especially like, like I like one of my biggest things. Is, like I like running on a treadmill. This is like everyone is like tells me they're the opposite. But like I like running on a treadmill, but I don't like <laughs> running outside. And people are like, that's so weird. Like I'm the complete opposite. Treadmills are way harder. And I was like, no, they are not. But no, I love I like, treadmills yeah. too. I'm the same like, way. <laughs> I'm the same so I way. Running outside, and I was like, this like I could run. I feel like I could <laughs> run forever on a treadmill. But then like I'm outside. I'm, like, five of a mile i'm like 
<laughs> this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> then, at least it's hotter, but like, yeah. Like, it was so hard to make myself start doing that. And once I started doing it, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. Like mm-hmm. the first few times, I was like, I am literally going to die on the side of the road. No one's ever going to see me again. Why did I agree to do this? <laughs> but um, yeah, like, yeah, like just getting new habits and new things like that just make it super hard. Yeah. Yeah. I used to run a lot to when I was a lot younger and then it's like then I tried the treadmill and I'm like oh I like this better yeah but I think it's because a lot of it's the weather it's like because when you're outside trying to run it's like you get really hot and stuff but like you're inside on a treadmill so like you can kind of keep your body temperature regulated mm-hmm. and so i think that i think that's why it's easier for me on a treadmill because it's like i'm i can't get too hot almost because you've got ac blowing and stuff oh yeah but outside you don't have anything like it it, it mm-hmm. and in here i don't know how humidity is in north carolina but yeah. oh my gosh here in louisiana <laughs> oh god not as bad. yeah yeah no like I'd die outside <laughs> if I was yeah. running right now because it's like, it, especially during the summer, it gets so hot out here because like yeah. it'll stay in the high eighties and into the nineties. And then with humidity, it's even worse. I mean, it almost feels like a hundred degrees out here. And it's like, if I went out there and ran while with that type of heat, there's no way I'd, I'd probably, yeah somebody would have to confine me because I'd probably die of heat exhaustion <laughs> I'd probably yeah. on the ground. Yeah. So I, I totally understand what you mean with the treadmill thing. Like mm-hmm. I actually want to get one, like one of those that like people put under their desk all the time. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I've been seeing those. I'm like, Oh my gosh, those are so cool. Like I want to get one of those because I don't have room for like a regular size treadmill. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're huge, yeah. Yeah, they're massive, and I don't have room for that. So, like, I keep seeing people doing that, and I'm like, oh, I want to get one. Like, uh, honestly, this whole, just watching, like, reels on, like, Instagram and stuff where people do, like, all the aesthetic things, like, with their offices and stuff like that, and I see the treadmills and all this other stuff, I'm like, oh, I really want that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it that and TikTok, it's like you see so much stuff, and it's like it makes you want to buy things. Oh yeah, I all the so time much on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you want to buy so much stuff. It's like, oh, I never knew that existed. Okay, I want mm-hmm. that. Want to showcase your brand within the racing community by supporting women in motorsports? Our advertising campaigns cover digital and physical mediums to make sure we amplify your brand on all levels. It's the ultimate biz glow up y'all. So schedule a call with me to set up your customized biz glow up plan to scale up with us. Um, packages can start as low as a hundred dollars a month to advertise with us. So go to racewifeunfiltered.com slash collab to get more information and schedule that call with me oh my god yeah like one of my friends like i love him to death don't get me wrong but like that man he got a house right and he he decorate he's just him and so i i felt me saying this because sometimes men aren't the best interior designers and no it's true like <laughs> 30 couches in this house i don't know why there's just 30 different couches none of them match and then i walked in there one day and he has these two gray rugs and like one is like 
I don't know what you call it, but like they're like stringy looking. It's a little stringy one. Oh yeah, and, the shag ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like soft. And then about like that far apart, is there's another gray rug that's like foam. And I was like, why'd you? I was like, why? He was like, I saw it on TikTok. And it looks soft. And I was like, why did you put it like anywhere else? And he was like, I'll put it there. And I was like, okay, whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Just like, yeah, TikTok will make you buy some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, but I think they did that on purpose to yeah. <laughs> like make people buy more stuff that they really do not need. It's mm -hmm. just because you see it and you want it. And yeah, I I totally get it. Like mm -hmm. I I have that problem big time. Um, my husband is always wondering why there's random boxes that are showing up at the house. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I got this off of like Wayfair or I got this off mm -hmm. of Amazon or whatever. And he's like, we don't have room for anything yeah. <laughs> else in this house. And I'm like, but I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, he'll be on his phone on Facebook Marketplace looking at couches and just like, <laughs> I was like, for the love of God, you don't need to buy another couch. Like this, <laughs> like you have seven couches in this one room. He's like, well, I got that other room. I was like, it doesn't mean you need to be a couch room. Like you don't need like a whole room of couches. It's like, let me know my life. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. That's so weird though. Like that many couches. Like I don't there's understand. One outside, there's like four in one room. There's one in the other. I was like, I, I don't question. I don't, if wow. you question, that's when you, you just don't question. You're saying, like, all right. Yeah. It's just becoming more different, but well, yeah. yeah, but it's pretty much became a museum of couches, I guess. Yeah, and none of them are the same color. Like one's like tan, one's like blue, one's like a circle, and then there's one that's like orange outside. They're all different colors, and that's like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't question, I don't question them. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, wow. I, I mean, I can understand that they somewhat match, but the fact that they're just all random, like they don't make any sense. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, mm. I guess some people just really love things. Like there's people that love plants. Maybe he's just a couch person, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I mean, they're I just, like, I, I have a, learn the less you question, the better it is. You're just like, okay. Yeah. No, cause I, I have a friend that's what she's like that, but she's with pl like with plants. She has almost mm -hmm. 200 plants in her house. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, but she keeps them alive. I'm like, oh my god, if That's I had crazy. that many, like none of them would be alive. Like mm -hmm. I would like more than half of them would be dead by now because there's no way I'd be able to keep up with that many plants. Oh yeah. And they all need like different things too. Like some are like fancy water, some are plain water, right. some are water with the beads in them. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, there's no way I could keep up with that many plants mm -hmm. and know exactly what each of them need. Yeah. I, that would drive me nuts. I'm like, but mm -hmm. that's why she, that's why she doesn't have ADHD or anything like that. I'm like, yeah. maybe that's something that other people can do, but I yeah. know I couldn't, there's no way mm -hmm. I'd be like, Oh, I forgot to water you like five months ago. ago. <laughs> right. Be like, yeah. Oh, you're turning brown. Oh, I forgot to water you like a long time ago. Did not yeah. realize that. Like, oh, yeah. you just integrated. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, this one's not even a plant anymore. It's just dirt. Like, yeah. 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 I would, yeah, yeah I used I would... to have a little cactus in my room and, like, I love that thing to death. But, um, 
Yeah, it did not live longer than like three days. And, and I was see, like, that's the crazy thing. They literally tell you that cactus and succulents like that, because you mm. don't have to water them very much. They tell you that it's almost impossible to kill them. And I'm like, don't get one. Like, don't bring, I'm not going to bring one home because mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, it'll die somehow. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know. Like, maybe my room's just dark. I don't know. Like, like if any, if there's a plant in my room, it'll die in like a week max. Like, I don't matter how much I water it, how much I don't water, how much I feed it, don't feed it, it'll be dead. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was like, because like people were like, oh well, because I was like, I want, I really want to grow something, but you know, I'm really bad at it. They're like, oh, get like a cactus or a succulent, because all you gotta do is like water them like once a month. Mm -hmm. I did that and I still killed it and I don't know how and that's why I was like you know what I guess I'm just one of those people that just needs to have fake plants in their house to make it look like mm -hmm. I have it together but I really don't I just have to make but then I have to remember to like dust them because then mm -hmm. it's going to be obvious that they're fake because yeah. there's going to be dust all over them so yeah I don't know it's just like I'm like uh, I don't know if I feel like looking like I'm put together like i want my house to look like it's on the cover of architectural digest but then i don't want to put in the work to do it yeah either. yeah i feel that yeah because <laughs> it's like those people their houses look like nobody lives there oh yeah yeah so but... yeah like my room is like it's like to like anyone else they're like like it looks like it's it's like unorganized mm -hmm. organized like it's everything right. organized it just doesn't i don't know how to explain it it's like kind of organized but kind of unorganized but like i know where everything we is know where everything is but other people think oh, yeah. that like it's the worst thing ever they're like how do you find anything in here and it's like mm -hmm. there's a method to the madness in here yeah <laughs> it might not be good for you but there's a method to the madness in this room. Like for me, like I could find everything that I need right now. Wouldn't oh, yeah, even have yeah. to think twice. But yeah, yeah. So the GoPro's it, over there, the charger's over there, the cube's over there. But if you go over there, then that's the extra case for the GoPro. In case the GoPro case is broke, because I break those things all the time. So yeah, I was like. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we're kind of, that, that's how my house is. It's like. Uh, mm -hmm. it's organized chaos in a way it's like i know where everything is but yeah, yeah like uh, yeah if other people come in here they're like oh my god how do you find anything it's like mm -hmm. you just kind of know where everything is yeah you know. like if you know you know but if you don't know you don't know <laughs> yeah no i mean that doesn't mean that doesn't mean i don't lose things oh I yeah know. i lose everything <laughs> yeah but mm -hmm. but for the most part i know where most things are mm -hmm. so but yeah, yeah, like my watch. I used to never wear watches or anything, mm -hmm. but I got I got an Apple Watch, and like that thing has saved my butt so many times because there's this button you can press to find your phone, and I lose my phone at least seven times a day. So like I'll just like be like, oh, it's over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, my daughter's the same way because with her, she her phone's black, so her mm -hmm. iPhone's black, uh, well, and yeah. she keeps putting it like on black stuff. Mm -hmm. So then she ends up losing it and can't find it all the time and i'm like mm -hmm. i'm she's like mom have you seen my phone and i'm like i'm i'm gonna take two guesses i'm like it's either somewhere in your room or two you probably put it on something that is the same color as your phone and about 90 yeah. percent of the time that's what it is she put it on mm -hmm. something that's the same color as her phone so it's camouflage and she can't find it yeah and so, yeah all the time 
And then she's like, I don't think I should have got a black phone. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. I think you should have went with some other color, something not dark. Yeah. But yeah, I can't say that about my phone too. (laughs) But yeah, like, like I remember like one day, like I was just cleaning up, like cleaning stuff out of our trailer back when I run the micro and stuff. And I was like, I don't know why I would do this all the time, but I'd always put my phone on top of the fridge. I don't, I don't, I just would always be like, oh, I'll remember that. (laughs) And then like, two hours would go by and I was like I don't know where I put my phone and then like I'd be looking for it for two hours I was like oh wait I put it on top of the fridge and I was like yep there it is yeah yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, like she, and she always puts it on the same console table that I have in our living room and it's mm-hmm. black and she yeah. always puts it there and I'm like I'm like really like you know that you're not going to be able to find it but you always put it there and she's like I don't know why I do what I just do <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel hard. I did the same thing. I'm like, maybe you're just color matching. Like, you're just, I don't know, you just want to put your phone on the same thing that looks, that has the same color, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, she does that a lot. So, one other question. So, obviously, I ask this every episode. Um, So, what is your favorite track that you've raced at and oh. why? So my favorite track is um, Humboldt Speedway. I actually raced there for the first time ever um, in May. It was, I think, May 5th, I think. But that was my fir- first race with Abacus. It was my third race ever in a midget. And I feel like it went pretty good. I, I kind of count that as my debut because my other two were just like two last year. And I hadn't done it in almost almost a year at that point. So I was like, this could be de- debut part two. So, um, yeah, it was a fun night. And I definitely got a lot better throughout the night. I um I ended up. I didn't make it through the B main, but I got a provisional for being like the fastest non-transferring car, I think. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. And then I went in the A main, I went 21st to 12th, and I was like, oh, okay, like, oh, wow. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely my favorite track right now. It, it changes a lot, but I, I loved Humboldt. Humboldt will definitely be one of my top fives for a long time. So, where's that track? I've, I've actually not heard that of that one. It's in Kansas. It's kind of like, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but um, it's super nice. Like, it's super well taken care of. I, I don't remember it getting dusty at all. Like they didn't, hmm. I don't think they had to rewater it at all. Wow. I might be thinking completely wrong, but I don't think they rewatered it at all. Like it just stayed pretty juiced up the whole night and the walls were nice. The sound system was nice. The stands were nice. Everything about it was nice. So, oh, nice. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't have to like really do anything, you know, to the track for the for the whole night is that that means they they take really good care of that track because i've never been to a track where they haven't at least had to water it at least you know a couple times or Mm -hmm. or do something or grade it whatever (laughs) yeah oh and some of them get so dusty it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. like there's and then um a lot of times especially on the track like it gets like really like it's just taking so much rubber that it's like ice. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so no, that's good that they, that they really maintain it well. And like, you know, you were really able to, you know, uh, yeah. Even though the track changes, obviously with dirt, it, you know, it's going to change all the time, but, but the fact that you were able to like really get a decent run, I mean, from 21st to 12th, that's a huge, that's a huge jump. So. Yeah, I was. It was a fun night. I definitely got better as the night went on. I said I stopped being like, like scaredy cat. I started driving way harder. And um, once I started driving harder, it's kind of weird. Like I know it's gonna be like this, but anytime I get in a new car, I'm like this. It'll 
it it's easier the harder you drive it so it's like kind of a weird thing to get used to mm -hmm. and like so in next sunday yeah next sunday i'm racing at lincoln and i'm pretty excited about lincoln just because i've ran there before and it's not going to be totally new like i haven't mm -hmm. ran since 81 which was may 6th so it's been a while but i'm really excited about going to lincoln and being able to go somewhere i've been before and kind of remember i weirdly remember a lot about it so i'm kind of surprised i remember as much as i do but uh, i'm really excited to go there and that's definitely one of my that might be my third favorite track and everyone hates lincoln but i i like hmm. i like lincoln a lot but anyone i've ever asked like god i don't like lincoln bar, bar, bar. and i was like i was like oh, i kind of like it like it's, it's kind of cool but yeah i mean it could also be their driving style that they mm -hmm. might not like it um because I, yeah. I know that sometimes that's what it, it normally is is because like because their driving style it just like it just doesn't work for them yeah. um because and some people also if it's challenging for them they don't really like that challenge and so mm -hmm. maybe you know you're just like your driving style just fits that track um yeah, yeah so yeah it was kind of a weird one it was like it was kind of weird it was it was pretty decently sized but it was mm -hmm. kind of if I'm remembering right, it was it was kind of narrow. I might be not thinking uh, right. Okay. I think it was narrow. I might be wrong, but um, from what I remember, it was pretty narrow. So I think they kind of don't like the narrowness because it's harder to like pass and stuff. But mm -hmm. I think it kind of made it fun because it was like you were on top of each other. Like you were gonna either be like that close together, or like that close together. So it's like crazy. Oh how close wow, yeah, and then yeah. open wheel like that. Like I, I guess that could also be why some people don't like yeah. it because it's like oh, yeah, if they you're split, that they close. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's not like last year. Oh my god, it took an hour. Wow. Like it was a, so many of them flipped. It was just a whole thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that that's the only thing about being open wheel like that. You know, with like sprint cars and you know micro sprints and midgets is that yeah if you if your tires touch a little too hard everything yeah you're telling yeah, me you're right rear on them not any <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah my husband my husband used to race um uh the 600 mm -hmm. um micro sprints um before he got into the dirt late model because they stopped running sprint cars around here i mean yeah. it's just you know that that's just not a thing around here anymore yeah. so he yeah so he came from that and yeah there was plenty of nights where <laughs> you know he was like there was one night where someone's uh tire literally came on top of his shoulder oh yeah it, yeah like yeah it happens like it's crazy mm -hmm. um and so yeah it's like but but even though that stuff type tends to happen sprint cars are some of the best racing you'll ever see oh, yeah, like you'll ever experience and like and that's and i and it's like i can tell like my husband like he hates that he got out of sprint cars because mm -hmm. of that it's like but he was also like wanting to get into something uh, with like a real roll cage you know yeah. but yeah like that's one thing like because you know when we get a chance we go see like the world of outlaws and stuff like mm -hmm. that and yeah obviously it's some of the best racing that you'll ever see so mm -hmm. um yeah i see why people love it um and want to even like do it like you know drive those cars because i mean they're amazing to watch yeah 
Yeah, like they're super cool. They're super cool. Like I think they also make you a really good driver just because mm-hmm. of how fast you have to react to everything. Yeah. everything it's so fast it like kind of get so used to it, it's kind of like in slow-mo. So like I think that mm-hmm. really helps you just get the more like I think dirt was really good for that, like getting you like super reactive and quick and like quick on your toes. Yeah, it it does. And actually that's one thing my husband said he thinks that might have actually made it easier for him to transition into late models because mm-hmm. he said actually the late models like because of the reaction times and stuff because it's not as fast he said it's almost like he's going in slow motion with with like you know because he doesn't have to be as fast on his reaction times because you know it's it's not like a sprint car where you're going a lot faster you you know you don't really have that balance because obviously you know sprint car is a little bit different and it's a lot lighter um, than a late model. And he said that that was one thing he realized when he switched over from being in a, a sprint car is that like his reaction times are way faster than some of these mm-hmm. other people. And they like, he will dodge wrecks like mm-hmm. left and right. And people like are so confused at how he's able to react that fast. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and not run into somebody. And he, and he, and he said, he kind of said what you said. He's like, I actually see the wreck about to happen before it even happens. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they didn't really understand that. But now that you're saying it, it makes sense because in a sprint car, you have to be, you know, you have to react a lot faster than what you would in a, in a different car that can't even move at the speed that a sprint car can. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, that's kind of like kind of what he was saying. Like you can kind of almost tell like when a wreck's about to happen. Like you're mm-hmm. just kind of like, it's about to happen. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I didn't really understand that either. But then, but now that you're saying it, it's like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense because it's like, you know, you your reaction time has to be faster because you're going at like almost double the speed that these other mm-hmm. cars are going. So yeah, that that makes yeah. a lot of sense. But uh, but it's a good thing, though, because it means it gives you, you know, you're, you're able to react fast enough. And I mean, if you ever transition into, you know, any other cars, you know, like especially if you do go into, as, you know, asphalt racing or whatever, you know, you're able to really pick up on things faster than than other people would coming from dirt. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. It's, it definitely helps. Like I think my reactions are pretty good like i mean i, I went and ran a just like a like one of those um ka cards i go pro mm-hmm. and like yeah like you can just like i wasn't racing this so it's a little different but like you can just see like like, like you just know like a, like so you go out there with all the different kids mm-hmm. and like there'll be like shifters which are like super fast and they'll have like the little little kids that are, aren't as fast so like you can kind of just like spot them and like you just kind of like like you, can, you have to like react really fast to them or you're kind of nail them and so i think if i didn't if i wasn't didn't do dirt racing Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be as like i guess observant to that kind of stuff yeah yeah no i agree with you on that one because yeah it's like you're able to really kind of pick up on things a lot faster um you're you know also um i i also noticed like and i guess you know that's just watching like other people transition from like dirt to asphalt um they, you know, they tend to do really well because it's like you're able to kind of like pick up on like your driving style. Mm-hmm. I think it's it helps 
because yeah. it's like, because I mean, look at Larson and you look at, you know, I mean, Jeff Gordon came from sprint cars, you know, I mean, you have, you well, midgets, you know, you know, he, cause he did USAC and stuff, but yeah. So, I mean, you, you look at them, I mean, Jimmy Johnson came from dirt, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them did. And I mean, you've got Christopher Bell, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle Busch, you know, all of them that have been that do dirt and, you know, and asphalt, their driving styles are, are just so different compared to everybody else. But it, it, it's a good thing because that's also why they are as competitive as they are. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think, you know, you, you being in dirt and then possibly transitioning to asphalt, you know, if you feel like it, um, you will have, you know, a, you'll have a really good adva- advantage, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think too, like it helps you like, especially like, I feel like it's easier to kind of tone someone back and then to try to make them go harder. So like, I, I go for like, I drive way, I drive way too hard there. It's like a whole thing. And like, I feel like it'd be easier to like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, that might be easier the other way around, but like, like how I think it is, I think it's easier to like, if you can go super hard and tone it back, I feel like that's easier than trying to push someone to go harder. Cause it's like a mental thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, a, it, like you said, it's more of a mindset thing. Um, mm-hmm. when, when it comes to, um, switching between the two, it's like, you know, with dirt, obviously you're in an open wheel car you have to be more mindful of what you do with it you know um and and, and that was another thing too like my husband said he had a problem with is because he was so used to being in a sprint car that he didn't realize in a late model you can rub a lot more up against each other and it won't really Mm -hmm. matter um yeah but he kept like kind of trying to keep himself away from people as much as possible because he was so afraid but it, but that's what it was is because he was so used to an open wheel car and it's like with those, yeah, you can't really get on top of each other in a sprint car because you're both yeah. going to end up flipping or something, you know, but yeah, with the late model, he didn't realize that it takes a lot more to flip a late model. Like it's very, it, I mean, it happens, but it doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often. And so it's like, he was so used to that. So he didn't like, he didn't want to like get close to people. He didn't want to rub and stuff. And then, yeah. Were, yeah, that was his first, his first season. And people were like, why are you trying to stay so far away from people? Like, cause he would like go up like almost on the berm and stuff sometimes to like stay away from people. And he's like, well, I don't like, I don't want to wreck and stuff and everything. They're like, oh, it takes a lot more than that to wreck in a late mm-hmm. model and yeah, yeah. It's, it was like it's a learning curve thing like he he i mean he's gotten out of it now but back then it was like you know he was so afraid because he's like well he's like i guess that's just because i came from a sprint car i'm thinking that like all these cars will kind of act the same way and that was another thing too that he had to uh, unlearn because you know with the sprint car you just floor it the whole time mm-hmm. like you're not you know, you're not hitting brakes or anything like that. Well, Mm -hmm. with a late model, you actually have to tap the brakes to go into the turn to get up on the bars. Mm -hmm. The first night that he got out there, he floored it and Mm -hmm. it did not turn. It just kept going straight and he was about to hit the wall. 
because he he wasn't thinking, you know, he was just trying to drive it like a sprint car. And mm-hmm. yeah, like that took him a long time to get out of because he's like, because he didn't want to use the brakes. Like he didn't want to mm-hmm. even touch brakes because you don't touch brakes in a sprint car. So, yeah. Yeah. That was that was something that was hard for him to get out of, you know, transferring to, you know, a different type of car. So, yeah. And gosh, I mean, I, it'd probably be the same way in, on asphalt, too, if you're going from an asphalt car to, you know, from a sprint car. It's, you know, you might want to, like, just floor it all the way and not think maybe, oh, well, maybe I do need to actually hit the brakes a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, like, especially with asphalt, like, what I've done with, like, with, like, the KA stuff, like, mm-hmm. I just over, overdrive the corners, like, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I got a lift, and it's like, you're driving in, like, 30, not 30, but, like, um, like, six feet deeper than anyone else, and it's, like, very obvious. Yeah, 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 the overdriving thing, I mean, but that's just because you're so used to doing that all the time, that it's, like, when you get on another track, you're not really thinking about changing your driving style, you just kind of keep doing what you're used to doing, mm-hmm. and it's, like, oh, well, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Like, I'm supposed to, like, slow down and, and like, actually complete the turn and not just, like, send it, you know, into the Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, like, full, full throttle it, full commit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but I, I think that's awesome that, you know, you're able to, like, do all this stuff with Advocates and just, just, be, just be versatile in, like, what you're doing you know, in your racing, in your racing career and stuff. And I do wish you the best because I mean, oh yeah, you're welcome. I mean, we need more women on the dirt side. I've been telling my husband that for forever because we've been in it for 18 years. And I'm like, we need to see more women on the dirt side, especially in the midgets and like the micro sprints because you just don't have a ton and I was like, and that's what I told him. I'm like, I am so glad that there are more women that are coming into this because like you see it more like, you know, um, in, in F1 and you see it in, you know, with F1 Academy and you see it with, um, you know, obviously you've got Katie Hedinger and all of them and like in the cars tour and stuff and the pro late models, but on the dirt side, you just don't really see any women. And that's what I was telling him. I'm like, unless you go to like your local track, but like, you know, getting higher up into, you know, some of the other organizations, you just don't have it. And I've been telling him that forever. I'm like, we need more women on this side. And, and I'm so glad that you, you know, you have this opportunity to be able to build something with Abacus and, and I, I can't, I can't wait to see like what happens because I, I really want to see more women, you know, uh, on the dirt side of racing because we need them. And yeah. it, it's, it's been too long. Like, you know, um, you know, cause I, I mean, I see you and Jade and, um, and, you know, Taylor Watson and, uh, and you know, a few others that are finally like coming up, you know, through the ranks. And it's like, I'm like, I'm really excited for all of you. Cause it's like, we need this and it's been a long time and it shouldn't have taken this long, but I'm glad, I'm glad that it's happening. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that Abacus is really, you know, trying to push this, um, 
you know, to the forefront for sure. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. It's definitely cool to see like more and more get into it. Like I remember, like I raced there. It's um, like two, two to four usually. It was mm-hmm. two mainly, and then there was um, two. There was two other girls. One of them did for like a year and left, and then the other one did different stuff too. So it is definitely cool to see more like girls and like women get involved with it because like. I feel like every year there's like one more, like slowly they're like slowly trickling it, like one more, one more, one more, like like that. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm just glad that you know there's more um, coming in on the dirt side, and that you guys are starting to get some recognition. Because I mean, we've had women in on the dirt side, but like I said, it's more like on a smaller scale. Like most mm-hmm. of them, it's more on their local tracks and stuff. Like yeah. it's not, you know, it's not like gonna. Um, it's not like in World of Outlaws or anything like that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, World of Outlaws, we only had Aaron, Aaron Crockett, you know, Aaron, you know, Evernham. She was the only one that did yeah. World of Outlaws full time. After that, nobody's done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think that I think it's crazy. We just need more women to do it. And we just don't we just don't have it. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm glad that you're able to be a part of, you know, of that push for more women, you know, in dirt. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's definitely yeah. fun. I like, I love, I love doing it. I love pushing myself and I love, I love every part of it. It's, uh, well, it's love. It's, I love it so much. It's just, it's fun. I wouldn't want to do anything else. So I love, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm glad that you're so excited about it. I mean, that you know, that that's what makes it even better. You know, it's something that you're passionate about and, um, and, you know, um, and that you're literally, you know, pretty much trying to make this a career. Right. And, um, and it's something that you want to do. And I'm glad that you're able to like really, you know, do what you're passionate about and, um, and obviously make a name for yourself and show everybody like, I mean, Lacey's here to stay. Lacey's going to oh, yeah. stay and you're, she's going <laughs> to yeah. like, like you're, I mean, you know, you're going to keep, you're going to keep growing and stuff. And then you're still young. I mean, you still have, you still have a lot of time, you know, to really, you know, go up through the ranks and stuff. And I mean, who's to say that you won't end up, you know, like in the world of outlaws or something, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, just DM on Instagram. <laughs> right. Just be like, hey, you need a woman driver? I'm here. Like, oh, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it'd be an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he used to say you won't do it. And then they were like, you know what? Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's a really cool story. I love, I love when people ask me and I'm just like, ah, oh, do you know on Instagram? They're like, oh. And it's like, yeah, like, you never know unless you try. So, right. Exactly. I mean, who's it that you won't be the next one? Like, you just be like, hey, you need a driver. Um, I can do it. And then it's like, then you're in the world of outlaws. Like, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But no, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. It was and really fun. I'm, yeah. Yeah. This is so much fun. And I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to you know, share your story on here. And obviously for all of you that are listening, um, I will link everything, like all of Lacey's social media accounts, her website, everything 
that I possibly could find. So you can make sure you follow her journey and everything that she's doing um, and, and support her and support her cause and everything because like whatever, whatever it takes to make sure that Lacey keeps racing and she stays, you know, busy here, you know, on the dirt side. Cause obviously you guys know how much I advocate for women in dirt and we need more. So she needs to be able to stay. So more people know about her. So we have more women come in. So yeah, no, definitely. I'm glad that you were able to be here and yeah, I wish you luck with everything that you have going on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, I hope you liked that story uh, that Lacey shared with us. Obviously just to recap, um, she talked about obviously Kyle Larson literally being, uh, the reason why she went down the dirt path also about, Abacus, um, the team that she currently uh, drives for and their women's development team and how they want to create an all women's team by 2025, which is an amazing thing. And like I mentioned, I'm a huge advocate for women, especially on the dirt side, because we don't have enough. And for them to want to create a all women's team like that is a great, you know, feat. And, um, obviously they need to be supported in all ways possible. And also, uh, she talked about ripping for a cure, which is an organization she started because of her dad. Um, and it promotes, um, just awareness when it comes to health problems, when it comes to heart, you know, heart issues. And that is obviously something that, we all should be, you know, mindful of um, when it comes to our health. So, um, as I mentioned, I will, um, link all of Lacey's links and the description. And also, um, we do have next week, we have, um, a young woman that is in the MX five series. And also she is currently in the IMSA development program and, uh, I will not give her name. Um, but it was, it was great talking to her as well. And so for you guys to find out who our upcoming guests are, uh, anything like that, I always drop that in the newsletter. So make sure that you guys subscribe. Uh, like I mentioned, it is racewifeunfiltered.beehive.com forward slash subscribe. And, um, and you guys will be able to see our list of upcoming guests and any other things that we might have coming up. Thanks guys for listening to this episode of Race Wife Unfiltered. If you uh, want to support the podcast, please make sure that you follow on whatever platform you choose. We are on Apple, um, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and Podbean. So um, you guys can follow on any of those and also make sure that you leave a review um wherever you're um you're listening from because I definitely read all of them and uh, I love to know your you guys' thoughts about the podcast and also we have speakpipe so you can go to uh speakpipe.com forward slash race wife unfiltered and you can actually leave me a voice message and if you do that i will um i will actually put that on one of our podcast episodes or if you leave a review i will actually read that on the episode so uh that's it guys until next week take care